Hello, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And today's topic is this, the Sales Warrior Podcast. So I wanted to introduce to you why this podcast is called the Sales Warrior Podcast, why I'm even doing this podcast, how it came to be, and really what it's all about. And where some of the origins of the belief system doctrine conversation that we're going to have here originated from and how they intertwine with the conversation of sales and business development. And so in order to tell you that, you need to understand again where this whole story started. You see, I've been operating inside the game of sales and customer development for 20 years. Like literally 20 years I've been doing uh, some form of sales. And uh, I've been mean, going all the way back. Actually, it's more than 20 years. If I think about back in high school, I did things as, you know, even did some, some Cutco knives, I believe, for a, a quick quick couple of weeks one summer and I think that might have been my first very first sales job but um, have been in technology aerospace and defense internet marketing healthcare um, some startups I mean it's it's run the gambit alongside that has been a uh, ongoing athletic career that has uh, been a passion of mine that goes all the way back to a uh, state championship team of football in high school leading into uh, playing and adopting the sport of rugby in college at LSU and becoming an All-American my senior year and then uh, playing some uh, semi-professional rugby in California for a couple years and then once that ended, continued to play for another Oh gosh, uh, eight, nine years. And so alongside my sales career has also been this athletic career. And in my athletic career, I was never the biggest, never the fastest, never the strongest, um, never the most gifted athletically. But what I did have was a work ethic and a willingness to do what others wouldn't in terms of extra practice, extra sprints, extra workouts, all in an attempt to consistently make up for the feeling of lack, to make up for the fact I was not as big or not as strong or not as fast. My story was that I needed to do all of these additional reps in order to make up for that fact. And so that translated into my business. And it is one of the things that made me successful in spite of myself. I never had a deep background in technology. I sure as hell didn't know what I was doing in the aerospace world. All of these things were things I just had to learn at the time by learning, by just doing the reps of understanding the business, by reading about it, by interviewing people, by doing, like getting in the mix. And going beyond just being a sales guy, but really doing the, the work necessary to make myself a subject matter expert on a number of things. And 
my story was, well, I may not have the best product. I may not have the best uh, service may not have the best price, but I will always outwork my competition. And it all goes back to that small North Louisiana, small town work ethic that I got from my, uh, my dad and my grandparents. And, uh, I'm so thankful for that. But that work ethic was based on a, you know, delivered a story that said you got to outwork everybody, which was fine when I was in my 20s and really just being a rugby player and selling stuff in the technology space in Southern California. But when I met my fiance and then uh, girlfriend then became my, my fiance a year later and then my wife a year later. Some things started to change. Because whereas in the beginning of that relationship, I put as much work into it as I did everything else. Once that relationship was secure, I went back to my or I continued rather, not even went back. I continued my practice of just outworking everybody, regardless of the role that I was in. I always was operating with the chip on my shoulder, always with a feeling of I'm not quite enough. I'm not quite as experienced as I need to be. I'm not as whatever you pick it. So my go-to was, well, I need to outwork everybody, whether that meant putting in the hours, putting in the extra trips, putting in whatever it might be. And the focus was always on work. At this point, I kind of retired from from rugby. And as a result, had started to let my body go and dove everything into work. And that became my primary game. And so for the next, let's say, four to five, six years, that became my primary operating system of I'm going to outwork everybody at work and I'll take on massive challenges and I will smash them, whatever the cost, whatever the cost. And so where I found myself after operating that way, after being a married man and then having a daughter in 2015 was a man that was 40 pounds overweight, deeply in love with his daughter, in love with his wife, but not connected. sedating with work and willing to make accommodations and consolations relative to his investment of time with his, his wife, willing to sacrifice his body for the team, meaning go multiple nights without sleep and stay up till three or four or five in the morning working on RFPs and documents and presentations and proposals all with the idea that he needed to do that because he wasn't quite enough. And the only way he was going to hit his objectives 
in work was going to be to outwork everybody. And that's when the cracks really started to show. Because when I looked in the mirror, I could already see a man that I didn't really like. And I started to hide. I started to hide the extra weight I was putting on by wearing black all the time. Not because black was cool, although I do like black, and now I don't I wear black not because I'm trying to hide anything, but just because I like it. But I would wear black because it was slimming. And it was always in my mind that my body was something I was ashamed of. The trim physique that I had had playing rugby for so many years and other sports was gone. I actually got measured for a suit, a custom suit that I had won. I was given by my CEO actually for a great quarter. And the tailor said, well, you have kind of a pear shape and your shoulders are slumped. So we need to cut this a certain way. And let me tell you, if you need a kick in the guts, those two statements will do it. Found myself in a place where I was not only hiding my body, but I was hiding other behaviors. Looking at porn instead of connecting with my wife. Hiding secrets. Using a certain browser on my computer so that it could, I could turn it off and make sure it wasn't tracked. I mean, this kind of stuff. In terms of my relationship with God, well, I had found the truth there, thankfully, through my wife. But it was only a, the beginnings of what's possible. And frankly, it's the, it's the only thing that kept me from completely burning down everything. In terms of business, well, the numbers look good. But I had a flash of what the future looked like. And I could see that whereas I would make the money and I would close the deals and I would change trajectories of companies and of markets, in 10 years, what I would have would be 60 pounds around my weight, a complete addiction to who knows what porn and whatever else, be divorced and no relationship of any meaning with my two daughters. And without me in the picture, they would find their significance with another, from another place, who knows what. And it was in that place that I had my second daughter, Perry. 
And as I explained in the origin story, my daughter Perry was born with a birth defect that no one had noticed until the moment she was born. 10.35 on February 19th, 2017, she arrived. And I noticed that there was something off with her feet. The doctor said, oh, it's just bilateral club feet. They'll fix that. Okay, well, what the hell is that? Six days later, we find ourselves in the orthopedic department of the Scottish Rite Hospital here in Dallas, Texas. Incredible organization and saints on earth there at that place. We were getting ready for the first treatment that Perry was going to have to go through to start to correct her bilateral club feet. That treatment involved and included the application of a set of casts. This baby who had been happy, beautiful energy, incredibly beautiful, happy, joyful energy from the moment she was born, all of a sudden that child was put into pain. As they applied the cast, it started to pull her feet from the 90 degree angles they were at outward. And with no way to explain to this child why she's in pain, she cried and she cried and she cried and she cried. For 48 hours, this child cried, angry, hurt, confused, terrified, while her mother and I had to stand by and just weather the storm. And it was so much more painful for her mother, for my wife, than I can even imagine for me because just the nature of being a new mother to another baby. It's painful for my daughter, Annie Grace, who was very small at that time, but she just knew that this new baby did nothing but cry. And in that place, what was I doing? I was already preparing for the next eight weeks of business travel that I had scheduled I was going to hit my number this year again and blow it out for the company. And I had planned out eight more weeks of travel because that's when the customers were available. And so the same night that she has had, Perry had these casts applied, I find myself preparing for a sales presentation, another sales presentation. And there's crying and there's crying and there's crying and my wife is crying. I'm in the office and I'm trying to get this done so I can go to sleep, so I can be ready to go the next day. And in that place, my wife's capacity has crumbled and she is in her most vulnerable. Perry is still crying. I'm trying to get something done. 
a presentation, a fucking sales presentation. And in that moment, I step out of the room and I ask him to shut the fuck up. Can you, we shut the fuck up? And snapped at my wife and her most vulnerable. I couldn't hold the space. My frame collapsed. And in that moment, I realized exactly what kind of a fucking man I had become. Out of shape, sedated, and with my fucking priorities backwards. (sighs) During the next eight weeks, as I began this sprint of sales presentations all across the country, it became very dark and very lonely. With the weight and guilt and shame of where I had left my family and the knowledge that I was not the man they could provide the capacity necessary to even understand how to live in that space. And it was during that time and during those next eight weeks, that dark place, that I first saw a light a light of a new possibility, a light that would lead me to a new path. And that's what we'll talk about in the next episode of the Sales Warrior Podcast. Thank you for listening today. More to come.